to go blue crew. All right, after some uncertainty through spring ball, it is now official. Chris Evans won't be with the Michigan football program this season, serving a one-year suspension from the university for some academic issue that we don't really know the specifics of. But the bottom line is he's not going to be with the football team this season, which is obviously a big deal because the running back position is maybe where Michigan had the biggest question mark going into this year. And Chris Evans was presumed to be the starter to take over for Karan Higdon, who carried the position for the last two years. Michigan's got some questions to answer now. And I don't even know where they'll begin. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I I guess if you could find a positive from this, there's not really a positive, but Evans was never the feature. I mean, with Karan Higdon's uh, performance last season, Evans really only needed to be a complimentary back, and he was a good complimentary back. I mean, he, he was a All-Big Ten honorable mention in 2017, which was his best season. Uh, he didn't do all that much last year, although he had a couple of big plays I remember one against Western Michigan and one against Rutgers, teams that Michigan handled, obviously, but still uh, busted for some big runs. But overall, I guess if you had to pick someone who who was not going to be able to be with the team, uh, you'd you'd pick someone who was more of a complementary player than a true starter. Now, with that being said, I think he would have been the obvious starter, and I think that given more reps and given more opportunity, he has shown that he can perform. I mean, we've talked about this before. Even in his first game ever, uh, he rushed for, what, like 200 yards or something like that, and again, it was against a nobody, but the point being, he is a very capable player but it could be worse it could be that Karan Higdon's returning after a, a monster season uh, and is deemed ineligible by the university and so I do think that Michigan will struggle it hurts the depth uh, and I think that his presence would have been helpful especially with the whole speed and space Josh Gaddis offense being implemented but you know it, it hurts but uh, like we talked about last week with the podcast it's time to move on from John Beeline in this sense it's time to move on from Chris Evans wish him all the best and then hope that he returns uh, for a 2020 season so behind Karan Higdon's almost 1200 yards last season Chris Evans was the number two leading rusher with uh, 423 yards, 81 attempts. That's a 5.2-yard average. He had four touchdowns. It was his speed that stood out. Obviously, he was a great compliment to Karan Higdon, a more downhill runner. And you do wonder what Michigan is going to miss. Like you said, getting the the quote-unquote speed and space out there, what could they have done with Chris Evans that may not be on the table now? And, but I don't want to say that taking away from, from these uh, – these other guys who could now step up into that spot. One of them is True Wilson, who um, was Michigan's fourth leading rusher behind Shea Patterson last season, had a 364 yards and uh, a former walk-on guy. He was number the number three back last season. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not seeing too many people mention him as like someone who – has a good chance of stepping up in there. And that kind of surprises me, but maybe are, are you seeing anything different? Well, I think he has a big opportunity. Uh, I think he's maybe not the guy that people are most eager to see or most excited about, or maybe even the guy that people think will uh, be the starter day one, but he does bring back the most experience. I mean, on less attempts uh, than Chris Evans, he had 364 yards. Now he only had uh, one touchdown and, and only had one run where he, uh, really busted for anything, and I think it was just around 30 yards, which is uh, 
not bad. I mean, it's big play capability, I guess, is there. But maybe it's because he was a former walk-on or maybe it's because he was the third feature last year and, and never really had much of an opportunity. I think it maybe dampens the, the excitement of some people. Uh, one of the things that I do like, though, is I feel like you've always heard a lot about how he's, you know, one of the hardest workers on the team. Um, took the, the uh, his ability and he took advantage of the opportunity he had in his 62 carries last season. I do believe that he is maybe less capable or has a lower ceiling when it comes to being a feature back. One of the things that Jay Harbaugh talked about in the spring was, you know, one of his biggest adjustments is just carrying the ball more, uh, whether that's multiple carries in a row or multiple possessions in a row. That's something he didn't uh, have a lot of opportunity to do. And you could say that for anybody, uh, but maybe he's not meant to be a, a feature type back like a Christian Turner could be, or a Zach Charbonnet could be, or Chris Evans could have been. Uh, but I do think he has an opportunity. I think he'll make the most out of the opportunity. And I do believe that whether it's game one or um, maybe for the first few games, I think he'll be a feature back. He might be, might not be the feature back, but I, I do think we'll see him on quite a bit of carries just because he does, again, have that experience. So the other two guys rounding out that, what looks like the top three contenders right now, Zach Chabernet and Christian Turner. Between those three, do you see somebody emerging by the start of the season, or do you think Michigan's going to have to go with a by-committee approach, at least think- at first? For me, I would say Christian Turner is who we hear the most about uh, in fall camp, uh, assuming that all these guys stay, uh, are and, and stay healthy. Because Chris- Zach Chabernet had an MCL injury and didn't yep. participate in, in spring practice yet. Yeah, and I'll touch on that in a second. But first, Christian Turner, I think, will be the favorite. Uh, I think he is probably the most realistic feature back uh, this fall. He showed some things in the Florida game. He had that big play. Um, called back. I think people are are also very excited about him. Um, So I I think him and and True Wilson will split time. Uh, I think Zach Charbonnet is who people are, you know, the most excited about. They haven't seen him uh, at the college level. He was, I mean, according to 247, he was one of the the, the top 50 players in the nation, one of the best running backs in the nation uh, coming uh, out of California. Uh, And so he brings a lot to the table. I mean, his highlight tape is, is ridiculous. If you can pull up some of the clips or seen them. For me, I think that that's a guy where there's a lot of hype. And I think sometimes fans maybe forget that it's not just, uh, you know, show up and, and insert yourself and, and be dominant at the college level. Uh, with him being uh, injured and missing all physical activity in the spring, I think that hurts. Uh, but I, I will say I think it's still better than someone who enrolls uh, in the summer for fall camp. Uh, at least he was around the program, went on the trip. Um, I've heard a lot, uh, even Jim Harbaugh saying uh, to the press that he's been really engaged. Uh, they love how passionate he is. He's studying the game. Uh, he wants to learn. Uh, he wants to be out there. I mean, those are all kind of cliche things to to say. But, I mean, I guess it is still an advantage to enroll early and to be around guys and be around the program. But I would not put too many expectations uh, on him because I – I feel like there's a lot of times where someone is overhyped or they come in as a big recruit and they might not simply get the opportunity you expected them to be. 
again, because Christian Turner and True Wilson, are, I think, are both very capable backs. However, I think that this is setting up to be the perfect opportunity at the same time for Zach Charbonnet, because as a high recruit, highly recruited running back, one of the best in the nation, I mean, what better opportunity than to join a team who has a glaringly open feature back spot? Uh, and so if he is going to be the guy, I expect him to be able to prove that in fall camp. Uh, and, I, and I think we'll see him get action uh, if he breaks out is, I guess, to be determined. But uh, he is definitely capable of doing so. And Turner was also hurt most of spring yep. ball. So, you know, as we're looking at, um, you know, just thinking back to a couple months ago, the possibility of Chris Evans not being on the team. And then we're looking at these running backs who are available in the spring and there's just not much there. Uh, reason to definitely get a little nervous. So I'm, I'm with you. I think um, Charbonnet, you know, highly touted, obviously. Coaches are saying good things about him, but there's nothing there. He doesn't have a college carry, and that's not to say that he can't uh, fill that spot then, but you, I, I would think you would have to almost just automatically go to someone like Christian Turner or True Wilson, somebody who's who's been there at least and like knows – what uh, what the college game is and how to carry themselves in it, even if they've never been featured backs at that level before. And one thing that I think we're going to have to dive into a little bit here is like the role of the running back is going to be different this year than it has been in the past. It's not going to necessarily be like a, a punch it down your throat and deliver the uh, what was what was the term that seems like Pep Hamilton used all the time. The body remember. blows. I try or, to forget about. <laughs> I think it, I think it was body blows or yeah, something like yeah. that in the second half. I mean, it's just not. That's not the philosophy that's going to govern the running game this year. And you can imagine probably um, um, uh, Shea Patterson getting more involved in the running game. So you know, there's going to be some questions there about just like what role will the running back fill and who is best for it. I don't even know if we can like answer that right now right no you can't i mean the only thing that i've i've seen is i believe that both gaddis and i know that jay harbaugh uh, said this because i just played it back after hearing it early april but both saying it's still a run first team and i know gaddis has talked about a lot of the things that are already in place they're gonna they're gonna use but i do agree with you in the sense that i don't think it will definitely not be that body blow style of running i think some of the the same schemes and, and same opportunities will be there for the backs i think you'll see similar play calls but i would imagine even if some of the the stuff that they're doing is similar it will look different and it will work more effectively uh naturally because i think the offense is going to be opened up in other ways i think last year and especially the year before um, when Shea Harrison wasn't around last year was a little bit more unpredictable but you could almost guarantee that on the first couple of possessions Michigan was going to be not only run first but really rely on the run whether it was working or not they wanted to establish um, that hey no we were gonna control the trenches and, and we're gonna pound it and we're gonna make sure that we can you know control that line of scrimmage and I think that that's what could be different this year you might see a similar type of plays and uh, again similar opportunities for the backs but I think they'll be greater in the sense that Shea will probably spread the ball around more he'll probably run a little bit more uh, and I think that that will give whoever is the feature back more of an opportunity to, to bust for some some big plays because if you can start throwing it downfield consistently or spreading it out I mean, some of the gaps up the middle are going to be 
glaringly big compared to last year. And for anybody who is capable of at least holding on to the ball, I mean, you could put Ben Mason in there and maybe his long run of six yards last year turns into 60 uh, because the holes are so big. And so I'm interested to see what will happen. It will be different, but again, they, they do, at least they say this right now, they do say that a lot of it could be similar and that it uh, will be a run first offense still. And this is why I kind of say, going back to what we were talking about earlier with the possibility of a by-committee approach, um, I think that's the most likely scenario, not just at the beginning of the season, but up into the middle of it. And who knows, maybe all the way through the season, it's like three guys getting uh, 10 to 18 carries a game. And even if one of them is demonstrably better than the other two, maybe it's not a, a... a feature back better you know maybe it's not a case where somebody can just run away with it and I've talked about this before but I think college coaches especially and you know basically every coach below the college level has some kind of like moral question or ethical question to answer about you know the the damage that's done to the body when you're doing 25 carries a game and especially if you want to go on to like the NFL or Heck, if you want to keep your brain healthy for the rest of your adult life. So I don't know if uh, Jim Harbaugh, to my knowledge, has not really addressed those kinds of things, but I think it's worth just bringing up any time we talk about running backs and workloads, the you know the, the impact of, of being a feature back. So I can pretty easily see these three guys just kind of splitting the load probably not evenly but splitting it to the point where it's a it's a carousel of three guys up there and and hopefully on any given down any given situation you could trust all three of them to go out there and do what you need them to do yeah I I like exactly what you said with kind of the health thing I mean that's one of the reasons I am okay with running back by committee Uh, one just for player safety but two I mean there's a lot less of a toll naturally um and if you can have three backs who are capable of of you know 12 15 maybe even upwards to 18 to 20 for a couple of them per game and and they're doing consistent uh, work i think that that works fine i think that michigan has a running back room that can get the job done um having somebody break out mid-season or at least in a couple of games uh would be ideal um especially knowing that last year when you had higdon as the feature and evans and wilson as uh, kind of the comp backs. I mean, that system seemed to work pretty good. Uh, but again, committee can definitely work. Uh, but if someone breaks out, and I don't think it takes much to break out. If you look at the guys on the roster, I mean, you're talking True Wilson as the has the best returning stats with uh, 62 attempts and uh, just over 350 yards and one touchdown. I mean, it doesn't take much for uh, it to consider a to be a breakout season for him specifically. Now, obviously, when we think of breakout, we want a guy that's going to go over a 1,000 yards. But if all of these guys can have a breakout season, maybe for them individually, you can pile those stats together uh, and look at the performance on the field, then I think that uh, it will definitely work. And then again, uh, we'll talk about this more as the the summer goes on and the season gets closer, but a lot of it's going to rely on Shea Patterson uh, through the air and, and using his feet as well. Even a Dylan McCaffrey maybe coming in and getting a couple of carries, Joe Mellon as well. And so 
the opportunities are there for the running back uh, room. I think that one guy will eventually step up. But no matter what, I think because of the way this offense is going to look, I think that what they have uh, will be fine, even if they're all just, you know, uh, okay in terms of performance. Okay, so Bruce Feldman from The Athletic has a state of the program for Michigan. I was just looking at it today, and it's got this chart that shows the percentage of production returning at each position. Running backs is by far, rushing yards is by far the the lowest percentage of production returning at 24%. And I don't know if that includes um, Chris Evans or not. The story mentions that Chris Evans is is uh not going to be on the team this year i don't so i don't know if that number is uh including him if it is 24 percent is still very low if it isn't it's obviously going to be lower than that and just be in last place by an even wider margin so i, I bring that up to just ask simply like are you nervous about the running back situation uh, first and foremost, I feel like that almost has to include Chris Evans because it seems like the number, like I know that number is really low, but it seems like it'd be even lower um, if you take out Chris Evans, considering that, I mean, even Christian Turner, I mean, the guy had 20 attempts and 99 yards, no touchdowns. Um, and I mean, I can't really, other than Ben Mason, I have his stats here too, 36 attempts, 84 yards. He has nine touchdowns, obviously, because he was a goal line guy, but that number seems even high so maybe it does factor in uh chris evans we might have to maybe we'll get clarification on that down the road but yes i mean overall i feel like because there's no sense of who the feature is going to be and and really just the what karan higdon brought last year i think was expected to some degree uh, but maybe the consistency that he achieved what he did um, was was a luxury to have. Uh, and while Shea Patterson was, you know, kind of uh, getting his feet under him in the early goings, it felt like Kron Higdon was, was turned to uh, and could be relied on. Uh, being run first and establishing a run game is always going to be important in college football, especially in the Big Ten. And so knowing that there's not an answer uh, or a clear answer just yet, as a little bit frightening, but again, I think that they have enough talent to get it done. Uh, and with the ceiling of Christian Turner and, and Zach Charbonnet, um, Son Haskins is, is a guy who's once in a while mentioned, and even what True Wilson maybe can prove uh, in, in a year uh, where he had some opportunity, probably worked his tail off, and will continue to work his tail off to prove that he can be a feature back. I think that they're in good hands, and and I I would say that by week two or three at least one of those guys has had a breakout performance uh and maybe that's the guy that establishes themselves as the season uh, treks on so i'm nervous because i just think it's going to take a while for this whole thing to sort itself out it's going to be some trial and error probably even though you you try to learn as much as you can through summer and fall leading up to the season it's a different thing when you get into a real live game situation, obviously. And I just think it's going to take a while to, to sort that out. And, you know, I hope it doesn't cost a win, you know, my gosh, like that would be, that'd be terrible if Michigan, um, it was upset for some reason, not for some reason, but for, by, you know, some random team, because 
the running back just weren't able to get it done and, you know, too much fell on Shea Patterson or whatever. So that's, that's my fear. Are there any other final thoughts you want to give? Yeah, just, you know, piggybacking off that, when you take a look at the schedule, I know a lot of people seem to be worried about Army. Uh, part of it, I thought, started as almost like a, a joke to, you know, a tougher game than Michigan State is. Uh, and, and Army is, I mean, it's a it's a team that consider, or, uh, continues to improve. Will probably uh, be ranked. Yeah, and, and will likely be ranked. And, and so, yes, I think that is a a tougher matchup uh, than, than maybe you would have – definitely than it would have been a few years ago and then maybe even more than some people are considering. But I do think with the way the schedule looks, I mean, at Wisconsin, I mean, that's always a very, very tough place to play. I think that no matter what, for the first few weeks, really one, two, three, four, five, first six or seven games, really all the way until at Penn State October 19th, um, I feel like Shea Patterson can do enough to save Michigan. Um, again, he can't be the only answer. Uh, he will need uh, backs to to help him. Uh, and then obviously you can talk about the defense forever too and how they're going to have to step up and, and keep the other team from scoring. But I think that when I look at the schedule, you're okay without establishing that back. Um, but once you get into the, the Penn State, Notre Dame, uh, Maryland, Michigan State, and then you end the season with Indiana, Ohio State, you obviously uh, need it. I would say by homecoming, which is October 5th, uh, it's a first Iowa at home. Uh, Rutgers is the weekend before that. I think we do have a feature back. Um, I think that there's someone that will be super excited to talk about and uh, we'll start getting some national attention, uh, whether that's either three of those guys, but I think those first two games, even with Army being more of a challenge than, than many people consider, I think that Shea Patterson and, and just the team in general will be able to do enough uh, to get by. And, and I would say by by the third week, our third game, which is the fourth week of the college football season, uh, there's probably going to be someone who's starting to establish themselves, especially if the offense is everything it's been advertised um, that it could be this fall. All right. Well, thanks for giving us a listen on the Go Blue crew. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do it at Ty underscore Fenwick. And you can follow Derek at Divine Identity. Thanks for listening. Go Blue. Go Blue.